I'm Trudy Morton-Cole, and you are listening to Shelf Esteem, the podcast where I talk to interesting people about interesting books. This is the first Shelf Esteem episode of 2024. Took a little hiatus there back in the fall and over Christmas and the New Year's uh, as I was uh, kind of focused on promoting my own new book, A Company of Rogues, that came out in November 2023. And while I guess I'm never entirely finished doing that, it's nice to be able to take some time uh, back to look at other people's books. And I'm doing something a little bit different with this first episode for February 2024, first episode of the new year. I'm hoping several times throughout this year to have episodes where we take a deep dive into a specific book. And sometimes it'll just be me and a guest talking about a book we've both read. Uh, In this case, I've got two guests on who are writers, and we're going to take a deep dive into their book, although we will also get into some book recommendations and talking about other books towards the end. But uh, I wanted to do this one particularly in February uh, because it is Black History Month and this book, Black Harbor, by Xavier Michael Campbell and Heather Barrett, uh, is a book that has fairly recently come out and is looking at something that really nobody has looked at in a book before, which is just kind of looking at a black history in Newfoundland and Labrador, and looking particularly at, uh, well, I'll read you the, the subtitle of the book. It's called Black Harbor, Slavery and the Forgotten Histories of Black People in Newfoundland and Labrador. So as we get into the podcast, we're going to talk about what inspired uh, Heather and Xavier to write the book, as well as a little bit of what the book is about. Uh, but I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because it is one that I read recently, really, really enjoyed, enlightened a lot of my own, not just my own research, but some of my own thinking about the history of the province that I live in, and I'm really excited to share it and to share this conversation with the authors uh, with you as our February Black History Month special episode. Heather Barrett is a journalist. Xavier Michael Campbell is a writer. They both live in St. John's, Newfoundland, and I think anything else you need to know about them and how they came to this topic, you're going to hear as we jump in to begin talking about Black Harbor. Uh, So Heather and Xavier, it's great to have you both here today. And I guess the first thing I want either of you to tell me, and I don't doesn't matter who jumps in first, but I would love to know sort of what was the inspiration for the book Black Harbor? Where did it come from? Well, uh, it actually came out of a CBC audio series that Saber and I worked on together. And, you know, in the very practical sense, Gavin Will of Boulder Books approached us Uh and found the series really engaging and interesting. And he asked us if we'd like to turn it into a book. So we said yes. We said yes. How hard could it be? Yeah. (laughs) And I guess we'll find out how hard it could be. But to go even further back, then where did the series come from? What was the impetus for that? Oh well, we. I we, guess we both came at it from different angles. Uh-huh. Um, and Heather, separately. And uh, separately, yes, on our okay. own accord. Heather being a journalist, I being like a fiction writer primarily in uh-huh. the city. And I guess on my side, I was looking at the history of Jamaica and Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And I've been I've been living in Newfoundland for over a decade, having moved here from Jamaica. Right. And I've always had these like, ah, oh, these peculiarities about the two islands and oh yeah there's there's weird parallels exactly so having having had that in my head for like over a decade and you Mm -hmm. know going from school to baking to writing and thinking of like the stories that I really want to tell and the stories that I haven't been seeing much of Mm -hmm. and yes Heather was also asking some very similar questions about 
what are some of the things that we, you know, we haven't been talking about in the right. Newfoundland context and historical things as well that, you know, that mm-hmm. isn't Irish, uh, English and French histories according to Newfoundland, in Newfoundland. Yeah. yeah. So where did that interest come from for you, Heather? Well, I was working at CBC at my mm-hmm. day job and in radio and I was doing an interview with Ngozi Paul, who's okay. an artist and a writer and an actor in Toronto. But she was talking about Emancipation Day, which mm-hmm. is the new Canadian holiday marking the abolition of slavery right, in right. you know the British Empire. And she said, wherever there was colonization, there was slavery. Mm-hmm. And I actually think I said aloud, wait a minute, Newfoundland was a colony. You know, <laughs> hey. does that mean that there would have been slavery? And she goes, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I'm always interested in doing a little bit of myth busting yes, about Newfoundland yeah. and Labrador. So, I mean, I'm from here. I grew up here. I never mm-hmm. heard anything about that. And I always like kind of sticking a pin in what we think we know about Newfoundland and Labrador. Yes, and yeah. the more I started digging, the more I realized there were other people doing lots of digging on this mm-hmm. area. Yeah, absolutely. And, I see. So, we, yeah. So, I guess <laughs> continuing Heather's story. Um, Heather got to talking to a lot of these people, these academics, these other authors, you know, researchers, artists, curators um, who are researching the topic and mm-hmm. this black history in Newfoundland and her brilliance, <laughs> like put together a lot of this information and then, you know, fate brought us together uh-huh. and we, yeah, we brought it to the world and we were able to like bring these interviews and this information and a lot of these voices and these stories to the public. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, I think I saw a video of you and Sharon Bala was interviewing you at the Sparks Literary Festival. And you read a short story, and it was gorgeous, about a little boy in Jamaica. And I thought, I wonder where he's at. Oh my gosh, I've been wondering how. Okay, I'm glad you've said that because <laughs> I think I in one of one of a talk yesterday, I was just like, I don't remember, I don't know how huh. me and Heather's paths crossed. But that but, was how. But hey? that was how. And okay. I, I somehow I tracked you down and, and had like a call, and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, he seems pretty cool. Yeah. He's interested. Yeah, we're going to have to have a coffee and meet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's interesting because I came across your name the first time, I think, when I was doing a little digging about uh, black history in Newfoundland because I'm, because of the, the writing I'm doing, I'd done a lot of research into like the earliest English settlement and the question kind of came up in my mind, would any of these early English settlers have brought black servants yeah. or enslaved people with them uh and has anybody done anything about yeah. that and that was when i came across i think it's unearthed was that was that the cbc that was project the CBC that you worked on yeah. i came across that and then i think i saw the piece that you had saver in is it us now the yes. collection yeah. yeah so uh so that was and then of course so that was on my radar when the book came out i was like oh i definitely want to read this because <laughs> this is this is what i've been interested in learning more about well, Trudy, I feel that you and Xavier need to talk more because you're both historical fiction writers. So. <laughs> oh, we will. Maybe, maybe off mic, but I def- we definitely will yes, talk more about that. that. Is, that is, I mean, historical fiction. I was, you know, doing this research and being like, uh, I know there are these similarities between mm-hmm. the islands and, you know, that there is that history. And I was trying to think of what could I find to possibly create historical fiction that ties oh, yeah. the two islands together in oh, some that kind would, of that would be like, absolutely concrete fascinating. way. And, 
I was not expecting to, you know, <laughs> uh, like, for have all of, like, have a book worth of stuff that you could yeah. pick and be like, oh, maybe it could be about this or it could be about this. Like, you know, thinking that, oh, if I'm only going to find so much about Newfoundland. Uh-huh. And, you know, we... We eventually wrote a book about it. So. <laughs> so do you think you will turn that into fiction? Some of the, use some I of that think, in fiction? Yeah, yeah, I think like now we have these names of these people that we've like talked about in this book and it's kind of easier now to create and imagine a story for them. Oh, imagine for sure, a love yeah. story, a comedy or anything for these lives now that we have them and we know a little bit more about what they were doing here. So yeah, yeah I think definitely I will be writing that historical fiction. Oh, that's okay. great. Oh, I totally want to read that. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. And I okay. think that's, you know, my, like my driving impetus in historical fiction has always been the stories that don't get told. And for me, a lot of the time that's women's stories. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I wrote about Cupid's because of this fact of John Guy bringing over 16 women and we don't even know their names or anything about them. Yeah. And, but I mean, you know, it's women's history. It's it's black history, it's indigenous history, it's all these stories that that haven't gotten told in the official uh, telling that it's great to see writers filling in some of these gaps. I was going to tell you something about Cupid's. Oh, what's that? In some of the reading that we did, one of the reasons that they speculated at the time that the Cupid settlement failed was because they didn't have any enslaved people to do all the work. Interesting. I think there's a lot of debate around whether people, particularly Bill Gilbert, the archaeologist out there, whether whether people would agree with failed, but it certainly yeah. didn't thrive in the way that they were expecting. Did not do as well yeah. as expected. Yeah. And it's interesting. Okay. One of the things I looked at a little bit in the Cupid's trilogy was why was there never a large move to bring enslaved people to Newfoundland the way, the way there was in some of the other colonies. But it's possible that maybe... The cod fishery didn't require like the huge numbers of laborers that like sugar or cotton or tobacco did. Uh, But it certainly must have been discussed at some point. Like there's no way the masters of the colonies didn't at least think about maybe we should bring, you know, slaves here and 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 use that as a labor force so as the only labor force yeah, yeah. But yeah there, i guess there were more options as well yeah, yeah. well i mean there was you know there, there was the the for the years of the migratory yeah. fishery they were basically shipping their workforce yeah. back and forth across the ocean yeah. Yeah. And what we did learn about uh, large vessels coming from Europe is that up to one in five people aboard the ship may have been a black person yeah. who was likely enslaved. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's again something we really don't think about. We don't we don't look at that as as part of our history yeah. at all. Yeah. You think of the you think of the sailors and the people who would come over across the Atlantic. You wouldn't have pictured a more. You wouldn't normally picture a diverse bunch coming but, over. But yeah, and it like probably really was board. a exactly. very diverse yeah. bunch of sailors, for yeah. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because, like, yeah, Newfoundland was, like, I, well, we think about it now as being a little bit more isolated and, and disconnected. But 1600s, it really 1700s. It was like, a, it was a cosmopolitan mecca. Like, Absolutely, you know, there yeah. There were, like, yeah. all people coming through. There were so many boats. Like, when we went to the colony of Avalon and Barry Galton was talking about people's trash and how much you can learn from their trash and seeing how international their trash was. The trash was was international. Not just things, but people from all over the world. And and mentioning Barry Galton and the colony of Avalon, um, I guess that kind of leads into, I wanted to know a little more about what your research process process was like and where, you know, who you talked to and where you found some of the information in, uh, in the book Black Harbor. Well, in terms of research, uh, I think we had two options about how to approach the book. One was for both of us to start a PhD and start to spend the next 10 years (laughs) doing it. 
or kind of stay where we were, you know, Xavier's a fiction writer, me as a journalist, and kind of mm-hmm. talk to the people who did most of yes. the work. Yes. Who yeah. spent the 10 years working yes. on their yeah. PhD. That's my is philosophy as a historical it. fiction writer, too, is just use the information yes. from the people who yeah. did yeah. the research. Exactly. Yeah. We chose door number two. Which, that was exactly. a good way to go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, people who are super passionate about oh, yeah. this work yeah. and who are, like, have been doing it and uh-huh. are still doing it and are, like, super dedicated to it. So felt like the safer door to go through and to for trust sure, those people. Yeah. And yeah. who were some of those people uh, for well, you? Bushra Janaid is doing an awful lot of interesting work. Yes. And yeah. I know both in the world of visual art and in the world of fiction writing too. Yes. And, and lots, like she's really covering that area. So, yeah, yeah. so we and really consulted with her quite a bit. And she's done that lovely book, The Possible, the Possible Life. Yeah. yeah. Sailor. I have to put a pin in the research conversation to tell you something funny because before off mic, you were saying about having met somebody who said there's no black people in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, my husband and I both grew up here in our late 50s. And we're in our late 50s. We grew up in the 60s and 70s. And we, uh, you know, both of us probably didn't know any black people until we were 11, 12 years old. And Jason, my husband, always says, you know, that uh, that there was one black girl in his school in grade six. Yeah. And I picked up Busher Janaid's book and and brought it home and jason picks it up at the table he goes where'd you get this and i explained that this was you know a recent book by an author he said i'm pretty sure this is the black girl who was in my class in grade six because her name was bushra and then he connected with her on social media and realized this was was the same person and that is really how you know small i think when we were when we were young the the black community was here that well her brother was the one black guy i knew in high school Oh, really yeah okay so there you go but I mean, that's that's also something that's changed a lot yeah. in totally. recent years yeah, totally. with, with yeah. more immigration. Yeah. That's it's mm-hmm. a really different picture now. So, who were some of the other people you talked to, places you went, things you um, found we, out? We spoke with Camille Turner, who okay. had first uh, like done her exhibit at the Bonavista Biennale right, on right. ships, slave ships built in Newfoundland. Yes, so we spoke yeah. to her a lot more in detail about she's her. So work interesting. And, yeah, that yeah. is fascinating. She's yeah. also doing a lot and like imagining a lot of like what happened and like what happened with these people and the process of building and like Newfoundland's involvement in these ships and mm-hmm. you know the rocks that you use to weigh ships down. Yeah. Um, so she was amazing. Um, we talked to Afua Cooper. Afua Cooper. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, another yeah. person who's doing really interesting yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, there's a lot of um, people in this province too yeah. that are really starting to to look at this in a wider way. Like uh, Neil Kennedy, yeah. who's yes, maritime yeah. history. Oh, prof. Neil was a great Brilliant. help to me on my yeah. books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, Barry Galton, who we well, said, who's mm-hmm. really keen on, yeah, on learning super more. Keen. Yeah. Kevin yeah. Tupe, who. Uh, Knew like everything about salt fish. Oh, knew everything wow. about cod that you could, any question you could have asked. Oh, that's he was brilliant. Like, basically, a fish historian. Oh my god, it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who else did we talk to? Oh my goodness. We talked to, we talked to Cassie Droge as well. Cassie Droge um, as well, yeah. Jamaican Newfoundlander. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, who was born here, lived here her whole life. So I was uh-huh. like, that is a story. You know, that definitely needs to be told. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, and a number of other people yeah. too whose names all immediately escape me. But, but are Dale probably Jarvis in the book. too. Oh, yeah. Dale Jarvis. He knew about it through yeah. folklore and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And even just like, you know, the unconventional places to look. Like yeah. uh, yes. look at prison records. Yeah. Oh, interesting. People from ships would get, get into fight. fights yeah. and right. be thrown in the lockup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there would be a record where you could find them. There'd be something. And and he was also really instrumental in, in sort of looking at 
just because the way he is and the way he thinks about the world, like why we don't know more about this. And he said something really stuck with me. He said, like, sometimes we're not the heroes of our own stories. Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And important. And important, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Dale's always a really valuable person to, yes, to talk for about sure. anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd mentioned to you guys that the last book I read before this was The Black Tutors by, I want to say Miranda Kaufman is the author's name. But, you know, what she had done was combed through, like, all these local records and things well, for, you know, England in the 16th century for any references of black people. And that's kind of the feeling I got yes. from your book as well, that you had just gone through so many references to find these yeah. little hidden traces that, yeah. that have been ignored. And so, little sidebars. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Footnotes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking at like uh, Jerry Bannister has written an incredible history book about the rule of the admirals in Newfoundland oh, yeah? and Labrador. He's he's from St. John's. He teaches at Dalhousie, I believe, mm-hmm. right now. But it's about that period of time, and his look was at the laws and the admirals. So that mm-hmm. was his, and most of them were white European yeah, of men. Course. Of yeah. course, yeah. So that was his purview. But there's one little throwaway line of. Uh, a black girl who was, uh, no, someone was thrown in jail in St. John's for beating a black servant girl. Hmm. It was like, what? Huh? <laughs> I was like, well, there needs yeah. to be more of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, that was, wasn't his area of study, yeah. but like just little tiny sort of side. Yeah, little side characters. Side characters. So mm-hmm. Same like digging through like Prowse's Newfoundland history. Yes. And like you, there's like two mentions and like one is like pretty big. It's the Bermuda interruption. And they talk about that. And you can see some like local, like not so great feelings towards enslaved people coming in to the province, going into the island and, and fishing, new, uh, fishing around the Grand Banks. And, right. You know, drying their fish and stuff around ports and stuff. But uh-huh. it's like, it's like one, it's like a giant book. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like one little page and, you know, like, in that, they recognize that this is something that's been happening yeah, for a while. Yeah. And then, like, you know, 200 pages earlier, there's a literal footnote. And it's just like, oh, the St. John's Board of Trade took away this person's and took away this person's slave. And they had them valued. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, like, written. And it's just, like, two lines. And wow. you have to, like... So it is, like, digging through. But it's, like, enough of these footnotes and these people, like, relegated to yeah. the footnotes that... You could collect all the information. And yeah, put which it you into, did. Yeah. yeah so. I, I think one of those references that got me interested in thinking about black people who might have been here in the in the 17th century is one that I think is mentioned in your book, although I had come across it earlier. Uh, the the guy at Fairyland in his will who left yes. instructions yeah. for how his three enslaved people were yeah. to be yeah. uh, were to be disposed of, who yeah. who they were to be given to yeah. or after his death. And yeah. and just little little Bits like that remind you that oh, we do not know the whole story yeah. about about and the history. And the attitude, yeah, to, and the attitude people had towards it because yeah, we yeah. spoke to yeah. Charmaine Nelson and she was saying that like the, another will, um, John Ryan, mm-hmm. and his will, it's like you know he was like a, a merchant, like a, a newspaper owner, like ran the paper yeah. and whatnot. But it's like it the mentality, like oh, it's still that will is from the seven late seventeen nineties. Mm-hmm. His will is like. 40, 50 years later, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's a stale, still the same mentality. Like, yeah. oh, it's not like this wasn't here, but it's not like the mentality wasn't here either. Of exactly. Like how yeah. to treat yeah. enslaved people. It's, and it's like their livestock or, oh, yeah. or furniture Absolutely. or yeah. something. Property, right? Property, literally. Yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, 
it's I think that really got to me, uh, mm. just knowing that there were these people and it was a family and mm -hmm. they were being passed from one owner to another and yeah. we just don't know anything about them. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that, that that really stuck with me. Even more than WH, who again is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? It's uh, like the <laughs> he started it yeah. all. Yeah, exactly. Now uh, Chris is all these traces and all this fascinating historical, you know, meat of the matter in here. Mm. But then this book is really really interesting because it in between kind of woven in with that you've also got these chapters that both of you have that are kind of I guess personal essays or yeah. reflections yeah. so mm -hmm. how did, did was that always part of the project from the beginning or how did that come about I think well we wanted to <laughs> we, we guess we work really well together and uh -huh. we enjoyed we do we do run a good conversation yeah, I would like we to do, say yeah. between the two of us so I, Heather is brilliant idea like approach it like a conversation because we both mm. had with the podcast you know like I was narrating it so you right. couldn't really get Heather's whole like personality mm -hmm. through it as well for all the work that she had done so, and then you yeah. had other things that you needed to input into yeah. the story too but I wanted right? to like flesh out the story a little bit more because I really wanted to like you know put like parallel run parallel what was happening in Jamaica that was right, happening in yeah. Newfoundland at the same time because you know I'm from there and it's mm -hmm. my history like these both of these places are in my history now so uh yeah the conversation between us and both of our perspectives because we both see the same thing and we experience it different ways and yeah even yeah. if it's history in like current day and all of that and like so I thought it was really important to just get those two perspectives and that personal side with the historical information to see how we're we're processing it as ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that really comes across. I think, yeah, mm -hmm. both. I of think, you. like, I'm still processing it to be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah, and you know, I'm actually also processing too. I mean, we both realize that history depends on who's telling it. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, as a journalist, I am trained to think. Absolutely about facts. Like it's mm -hmm. got to be facts. It's got to be tangible. The mm -hmm. story's got to be, you know, sort of, you know, you've got to be able to name your sources and be credible and all that. But I also realized too, they're in the absence of facts mm -hmm. and in the absence of a lot of concrete evidence, you can still tell the story. Yeah. Like there yeah. are other ways of telling stories. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. and like the ways that, you know, like both Camille and Bushra and even Afua, they're also artists outside of mm. the the sort of factual yeah. research that they do yeah like that's a really important way to be able to tell stories yeah. as well yeah. mm. especially like you're saying for the absence of fact and like not, not just the lot. fact but like yeah when these people's lives weren't you know you don't want to detail how many children they're having like yeah. who they're married to where they were living like where they came from so you know we don't have all of those facts exactly you just yeah. know that they had their life they had a life here they yeah. had some version of a life here because mm -hmm. you know there some of them were enslaved so it's yeah it's like what can we tell about them like yeah. what yeah. can we yeah. imagine about the lives that what we know about what was happening in the world and like, you know, knowing that Newfoundland wasn't an exception <laughs> because exactly, it was happening yeah. here as well. It's and like, we do tend to think of it that way we do sometimes, tend to yeah. think as an yeah, exception, exactly. but just because there wasn't like a large scale enslaved population yeah. like there was in some places doesn't mean that the attitudes were any different exactly. or that people didn't enslave people here like, when they I had mean, the opportunity. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was, it was a British colony like, exactly, like yeah. all the other British colonies. Yeah, it was, so. not, it was not qualitatively yeah. different. Yeah, and I kind of feel like, I mean, maybe this is my journalist brain again going like, pick a lane. Like either <laughs> we were a completely isolated, little unique place in the world that did everything in its own special, yeah. isolated, <laughs> unique way. Yeah. 
or we were very much part of the world in our own way, mm-hmm. and we experienced whatever whatever else was going on yeah. the world also happened here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it wasn't, yeah, the isolated Newfoundland in its own ecosystem doing exactly. its own no. thing, just 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 fishing caught and just feeding themselves. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and just, we kind of use yeah. that to to isolate ourselves from kind of historical crimes yeah. like slavery to say, oh well, that didn't happen. That didn't here. happen but here, course, and we know. didn't have a hand in it. Yeah, but, we weren't involved. We weren't yeah. involved in any. Way, like you just, yeah, you can just say it blanketly. No, we yeah. just did it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know anything about that. You know, like, <laughs> hands hunting. off. Yep. But, so, yeah, it is that it to so, so work like this, and you're like, oh, there's different connections that you can yes, make. You're like, oh, yeah. you can point to that and that mm-hmm. and that. And you're like, huh, I wonder why we spent so long at just being like, oh, hands off, not yeah. ours to touch. Yeah, not, it's America. Yeah, they did exactly. that down there. Blame it on, on, on America. Um, it's interesting when you talk about the connections, too. I found in your book really interesting how many of the connections had to do with food. Uh, and and how many of both your personal reflections had to do with food. Can you talk a little bit about how food came to be such a big part of the story? <laughs> Oh, well, we both uh, probably have the metabolism of gerbils. Yeah. We, we love to eat and uh, we love to bake. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> we do. I mean, everybody loves food. Everybody everybody, everybody yeah. loves to, Everybody has to eat. Mm-hmm. And Newfoundland, I find food, well, both in Jamaica and Newfoundland, food is so important to our mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. And like like what you're having for dinner, what you have for lunch, like your traditional meals that you have mm-hmm. weekly, you have like, you can count what day is coming up, what meal is going to happen, like mm-hmm. what ingredients you're always going to draw towards. Mm-hmm. So that, that like pulling out your heartstrings, you are inseparable. You can't mm-hmm. separate yourself yeah. from like, this food. Like I feel like you grew up in a fairly yeah. traditional Jamaican household the way yeah. I grew up in a traditional yeah. Newfoundland household, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. And, but like yeah. somehow eating the same things. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, it's interesting how many of the, like I used to have a theory later on when I grew up and like met a lot more people from Jamaica. I was interested in how many of these connections there yeah. were. And I had a theory that the main similarities between Newfoundland and Jamaica were salt fish, rum, yeah. peppermint knobs. Oh. Peppermint knobs. Apparently, I've had Jamaican friends tell me yeah. that they have peppermint knobs too. But yeah. the other thing, which is not yeah, to do I've with food. Yeah. Really? Um, never had them here? I haven't had them here because I guess I hated them in Jamaica. Yeah, well, that's one thing. Oh, they're huge here, though. Peppermint knobs are huge here. Wait, this is new. Yeah, and uh, and the other thing, which is not food-related, Newfoundlanders and Jamaicans are the only two groups of people I've ever met, maybe not the only ones in the world, who will name a man Junior as his first name, like not father's name Junior, yeah, but just Junior, junior as a yeah. name. I mean, this, that's like I know so many bay men named <laughs> bay Junior. Bay men Junior. Yeah, like, what's I your real name? Oh, no, it's Junior. It's junior. <laughs> oh, that's a, thi- a Jamaican yeah. thing? I it's a Jamaican thing and a Newfoundland thing, yeah. yeah. In fact, I did a little poll on Facebook one time, like, do you know a man whose first name is Junior? Of course. Is he A from Newfoundland? Is he B from Jamaica? Is he C from somewhere else? They were never from anywhere else. That's um, so funny. I don't I know why that would be. I never thought about that much, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know a few juniors growing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. there you and go. Remember um, the the pop star Shaggy? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So this was, I guess, at the height of his fame, probably about twenty years ago. He came here and played. Wow. And I remember the telegram ran the story about him getting a taxi and having this big old conversation with the driver about how much he felt so totally at home in Newfoundland <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, really got on and really enjoying it and it's the island culture. It's, and, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it is. It is that island culture, that like yeah. island life. We're on our own times. Yeah, <laughs> where, like, yeah. The people are on a different level. The people are just like very chill, but all at the same time, they very much want to know a lot about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like the Food again, like the food. I wasn't expecting 
so many food similarities、mm-hmm. when I moved here. I was like completely floored by it. I wasn't expecting the salt fish. Yeah. And then like all, not only salt fish, but like salt other meats too. Salted, salted everything. The salted yeah, yeah. everything. I was、yeah. like, what? You can get like a salt beef like dinner here、mm-hmm. and. I was not expecting anybody else in the world to eat salt beef and then, like, you know, buying salt beef in a bucket. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that I wouldn't have bought done in Jamaica. No. So, or, like, you know, I wouldn't have eaten, had molasses in Jamaica because it tastes so bad there. Yeah. Or what I remember it tasting. But here, you know, everybody eats molasses in so many yeah. ways. Yeah. And again, it's a big、so、part of the、things. food culture here. <laughs> Huge、yeah. part of the food culture. And it's like the fish again. Like, we do the fish so differently. Yes. But, like, my experience of the fish. Is also so different growing up because、mm-hmm. it was so you know, flat and like skinny and dried out. Right. And looks like paper. And、yeah. it was like the size, of, like the width and like the thickness of a sheet of paper. So, yeah. And know, that, that goes back to those historical exactly, roots as well,、yeah. of course, because of the lower grade fish、yeah. being sent to Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is that all the land that's on the perimeter of the Atlantic Ocean, like on、mm-hmm. you know, the North American side and South American side and on the coast of Africa and Europe. You will always find salt cod. Yeah.、Everybody、that was、it. what Newfoundland contributed to the triangular trade. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cod is the great,、uh, the great common food of、yeah. all, all the Atlantic. Yeah. 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 Interesting.、Uh, it would be so easy to derail this book podcast into just talking about food, but I do want to ask <laughs>、oh, you、yeah. a little more about Black Harbor and then a little bit about, about some other book recommendations. But,、um, Uh, have you found? I mean, obviously, you learned a lot while you were researching and writing the book. Since it's been out and you've been talking to people about it, you know, what have you learned since then and what kind of reactions have you been getting? Hmm. I mean, from the, the purely sort of research point of view, I know Barry Galton is still digging and he's still coming up with names. Oh,、yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Like, like、yeah. more names are surfacing,、yeah. which is really which kind is of amazing. It's is, amazing it's, and like, gratifying, yeah, you know? To be like, oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't just. So, we, we literally just like started scratching the surface. Yeah, there's there is, more there. There's more.、Yeah. And like、yeah. we mentioned Dean Bavington, and like one of his students found a mention of another black boy. I think it was written in a, like a, a periodical at、mm-hmm. the time. Not, I think it was the 1700s,、mm-hmm. late 1700s, of, like when I guess we used to have people zoos. And、oh, said,、wow. so another black boy with an, an indigenous girl, I think it was a Biofa girl,、oh, wow. sent to across, you know, to England or right, somewhere in Europe.、Right. And I think oh, yeah, I think I've heard about this one. This story too. On the way yeah. Back or, yeah. But, so it's like, there's still there's more people out there. There's、yeah. like more people out there. You know, people email us and they're like, you must have heard about my great grandfather or whatever. <laughs> but it's like,、oh, yeah. I'd love to hear. There's so many more there's stories. There's so many more yeah. stories. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But it's a bit of a slow burn. Like, it,、uh, I guess the book came out in November and it seems like people are sort of discovering it or they're super uncomfortable with it. Interesting. What, and, so have you gotten any of those reactions of people being uncomfortable with it? Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Even my, you know, like、yeah. people in our lives. My husband、yeah. was. Like, well, you know, I mean, you know, white people had a bad too, but then, uh, but、oh, so、now、defensive. he's actually come around, it's, it's good on him,、yeah. it's a、you、learning, know, it's a learning but, process, yeah. yeah. But even like when we've done signings and stuff, we've, we've had, had some, gen- we've had some,、uh, we've had some mixed reactions, really, but, people, really but also, yeah, really interesting conversations.、Mm-hmm. People, we, have, we have people who are like a little. A little hesitant, very hesitant,、mm-hmm. think it's fiction, and people、yeah. who are like. I'm really glad you're doing this. This is amazing.、Yeah. I'm going to show it to my grandfather or like my mom. I hope I, he might not like it, but like, <laughs> I will see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think、uh, there's a lot of just, what? I didn't know about this. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. come I don't know 
know about this. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of like sitting with that information for a time where you kind of wrap your head around the possibility and mm. then and then kind of moving forward. So mm. it's it's kind of cool the way that people yeah. digest it. Yeah. 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 yeah, it is that it is that it feels like it's a lot of food and it feels it's a quick read, but it, especially if you're like, you know, completely like new plan has been your whole life. You're like 60, 70, 80, and you've never known any of this. It's like a big meal. You want to slowly it digest it yeah. so you can like let it sit and like ponder and mull over and, you know, come to terms with things on your own time. Talk to somebody else about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I remember when we did the, uh, the audio series, it was in three parts. So mm-hmm. the first two were historical. One was about like the fairyland and the yeah. domestic enslaved people. And the other was about all the people on the ships. And then we did one about food Molasses, waste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one people got super uncomfortable about. Really? No. No. Oh yeah. It's the like, I, you know, we, we just, we spoke to these eighth graders a couple of days ago and, I was like, when we were talking about molasses, I'm like, we asked them, we're like, how many of you, you know, have molasses in your cupboard, you know, eat molasses, cookies, molasses, bread, like all these things, lassie buns and stuff. And, you know, a lot of them raised their hands and then you're like, how many of you have ever thought of like the high human cost that was associated with like producing molasses and getting it into our culture here in Newfoundland that you like hundreds of years later, it's still like a mainstay. Yeah, it's still exactly, something that we yeah. just like reach for all the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's like when you, when you start like putting people's current mm. lives and their current like memories and like putting that colonial dark yeah. tint on it, Tends to be a little upsetting. People are uncomfortable, yeah. yeah. And I think Newfoundlanders, particularly white Newfoundlanders, we are so defensive about our culture, very defensive and uncomfortable with people bringing up aspects of it that are, you know, that are not so pretty or not so pleasant, you know, which we aren't the good guys. Yeah, like people are still upset at VRBO, Verbo. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Come on. I, I don't even know if I can talk I know. about the Verbo ad. I know. Like, so <laughs> foolish. But, but you know, that's, that's, it's a perfect yeah. example. It's such an innocuous and silly thing, but it's like, oh, this might display us in a bad light, a ba- yeah. even though it has nothing to do with Newfoundland. It's just using a Newfoundland song. But, and, yeah. I mean, it's humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's not the best side of humanity to, to say that, sorry yeah i mean it's the dark side it's of humanity side. okay sorry yeah the darker side it, it's but but it's it's human it's behavior human. Yes, and yeah. i think we have to take the good and the bad exactly and, yeah yeah and kind of just acknowledge yeah, it and acknowledge learn it and grow learn, learn yeah learn and grow learn exactly and grow. take it all in i guess the other thing i wanted to talk to you about and one of the reasons that we've been trying to get this podcast recorded in february despite the aspect of Newfoundland, which is not like Jamaican island culture, <laughs> the <February>. winter weather. <laughs> yeah. um, we've had to postpone a few times because of uh, weather and one thing and another, but I really wanted, we wanted to do this during Black History Month because, you know, normally on this podcast, I'm talking to people about the books they're reading and book recommendations and reading recommendations. So um, I did ask both of you to think a little bit about uh, some of your best book recommendations for Black History Month or for Black History anytime, yeah. really, you know, because oh, okay. it, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be confined yes, to February, yeah, but I true. would love to know uh, if there are, and it could be, could have been connected to this book or it could be just yeah. completely unrelated, but what are some of the, the books that you would recommend uh, maybe to Newfoundland listeners who want to know a little more black history, black culture? Black culture, black history. Hmm. I would say definitely the book of Negroes. Oh, like, yes. That one's yeah. Lawrence Hill, all mm-hmm. time, you know. Canadian black history definitely mm-hmm. important um and then you know from this book the hang of angelique that okay. was 
You know, that was a pretty, that was a really good, that was an amazing read. It, it was, was absolutely. It was very like. Afua Cooper's. Afua and I hadn't, yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't read that one. So. And you know, I, for like younger people, definitely Bushra's book, The Lives of, Possible Lives of W.H. Sailor. Yes, like, yeah. Especially like a Newfoundland black history book for younger children or mm-hmm. younger people. It's especially the generation, the time when you want to get this information to them. Yes, so yeah. They can, they can grow up thinking, oh, there was like a black population in Newfoundland. Yeah. Well, there was this really important man in Newfoundland and he was black, you know, yeah. important to our culture and the discussions that we're having. So I think those three would be like my recommendations of things that you yeah. should definitely check out. And those are all great recommendations. I got a, I got a lot out of a book called Black Jacks, African-American Seamen in the Age of Sales by yes. W. As, Jeffrey Bolster. As soon as I saw that in your, uh, in, in your uh, notes at the end, I yeah. was like, oh, I have to read that one yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it really uh, taught me a lot about just how many black people were people of the sea mm-hmm. and yeah. incredibly good at the work that was aboard, you know, vessels of all different types, mm-hmm. incredible fishermen and, yep. and seafarers, seafarers. Like, yeah. and uh, weirdly enough, in the 16 and 1700s, a ship in the middle of the ocean was perhaps one of the most egalitarian places yep. that a black a person could find themselves. Could find themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wished I had read that book actually when I was working on the Cupid's trilogy, because in that trilogy, I do have uh, an enslaved black man who has escaped and ends up crewing on a ship because he says I'll never be safe anywhere on land but things might be different on a ship ship. although they weren't always on all ships because Mm. there were enslaved sailors too but I was like why did I not find that book when I was when I was trying to research I got it I can lend it to you oh I would love to love to borrow it yeah Yeah. any other book recommendations or suggestions that either of you has And we're just looking at their references and further readings. Yeah, you, um, you have a great further reading it's list. So new, uh, the, you know, there's not a lot of like sort of solid historical stuff. But I tell you, uh, Camille Turner, if you look up her website, has mm-hmm. incredible material. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And uh, there's this online magazine called Black Maple Magazine. Okay. And that's Charmaine Nelson, and that's the is it the Institute for Studies in Canadian in Slavery? Slavery? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, Black Maple. If oh, you that's great. Okay. That. When uh, I uh, when I do show notes for the podcast episodes, I always put links to mm. anything we discuss, whether it's books or a website Absolutely. that people should check out. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, I'll definitely uh, definitely include those links for people who want to want to research a bit more and do a bit more of that digging. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, like, I'd be really happy if people read our, you know, sort of modest contribution to this and kind of go, hey, I'm going to go off and do my research oh, on this yeah. and write another book. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who wants to keep writing about this topic, go for it. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. 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 I feel like this is hopefully just the beginning yes. of exploring black history and exploring Newfoundland history in a bit of a, a broader a context broad, yeah, than what absolutely. we've done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. A, mm. a paint I like a bigger, brighter, more diverse picture exactly, of like yeah. old Newfoundland. Yeah. And I mean, doesn't it make it more interesting? It absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate both of you coming in and having this conversation. And the book is Black Harbor, so people should have a lookout for that. Definitely pick up a copy if you haven't already. And Heather and Xavier, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And that wraps up my conversation with Xavier Michael Campbell and Heather Barrett about the book Black Harbor. If you go to my website, trudymorgancole.com, and click on the Shelf Esteem link, once again, you will find a link there to the show notes for this episode where I will post 
some links about uh, the book Black Harbor itself and about the other books and other resources that we discussed a little bit in this episode. So if you'd like to uh, go a little further diving yourself into this deep dive, I certainly hope you'll check out those show notes and some of the links there. I'm going to be back next month with another guest, another deep dive into a book, and another great conversation, and I hope you will join me once again. Until then, read a good book and build your shelf esteem.